welcome to the Green Burrito Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the second annual Spooky Burrito Spectacular. A full spooky month of the paranormal. And this year, Haz and Jordan are taking cases that you think you know and turning them upside down. Haz is connecting the dots in ways you never thought before, right as Jordan arrives home at the opulent burrito mansion. Haz, I'm back! Haz? Haz? I'm in the study! I got the only two pumpkins I could fa- What are you doing? I'm making connections, and those pumpkins aren't big enough. No, 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 no! Not this again, Haz! I thought we were done with all this paranormal conspiracy stuff! And these pumpkins are fine! Did Ross ever leave? What? I didn't see him on the grounds. Why? Ah, good. The drones must have got him. The what? Spicy, spicy. Spicy, spicy. Did you change our doorbell to say spicy again? Dude, you can't just walk away when I'm talking. Who is this? Has. Has. Guests. Ahoy. Hello. Why are you a pirate now? Hello everyone and welcome <laughs> to Grief Burrito. Today you are joining us at the start of our downroute spookiest month of the year. During October we have not one, not two, but four spooky episodes for you, opposed to just the measly one like every other month. We are a comedy, gaming and movie podcast, but like my beautiful co-host explained not moments ago, we are taking this time to be our spookiest selves. Thank you very much. I'm Harrison Wilde. And I'm Jordan Shenton. And today we are joined by the none other than Adam and Nick from Bottom of the Stream podcast to keep us tethered to this mortal realm. Please guys, sit down, be careful of my maps, and tell us about yourselves and your podcast. Hello. Ahoy. <laughs> I'm Nick. <laughs> and I'm Adam. And we host Bottom of the Stream, which is a weekly podcast where we delve to the bottom of Netflix to try and watch films that nobody else is watching and let you know what they're like. Yeah, we're looking for some hidden gems and um, mm. sometimes we find one and the rest of the time we, find we, like <laughs> we do not. Like sunken diamonds at the bottom <laughs> of the sea. Before we begin our main content, there is a surprise story. However, I have misled you, Harrison. It's not <gasps> me oh. who's telling the story. What? It's Adam. Is it me? Oh, I thought it was going to be me. I was like, I haven't prepared anything. <laughs> so, Adam, would you like to take away the surprise story? Okay. So, a few weeks ago on your podcast, I can't remember which episode it was, you were talking about imagining things into existence. Oh, into yeah. Like, so, believing things even though you've made them up. That's Do you remember? Right. Yeah, but it was tulpas, I believe is the term. Possibly. Well... Back when I was a young youngling, I think I was about 12, 11, 12, there was a field. So at that's the, infirm whippersnapper. Yeah, absolutely. 100% whippersnapper. Back was, in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ouch. Back when life was black and white. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's back, not that old. Back before Jordan was even a blink in his parents' eyes. Yeah. Yep. Um, there was a field at the back of my house with a old concrete sewer pipe in that you could kind of it was so big you could stand up in it or kids could stand up well, in i it. hate this already <laughs> so there was a load of kids there was me there was a girl who was about my age and then there was loads of younger kids around my brother's age probably eight or nine so one day we okay. decided we were going to scare these kids and we told them that there's a ghost living in this sewer pipe so me and this girl <laughs> made up this whole story and she was called the purple lady which we stole completely okay. from ghostbusters but obviously yeah. they'd, never, they'd never seen that at the time <laughs> 
So, and none of the kids for weeks after that would go anywhere near this concrete pipe. They were absolutely terrified of it. And then a few weeks later, yeah. this girl who had made up this story with me came running through my house and she was like, I am never going back out there again. She had seen this ghost in this pipe, was what? 100% adamant that she had seen it and she never, ever went back in that field again. Holy shit. <laughs> she was damn son. I've never seen anybody look so scared. And I had completely forgotten about it until you mentioned bringing things into imagination and bringing them into existence. Wow, no way. Yeah. So did you did you go back and check? Yeah, I, I went out there. I was fine with it. It was fine. There was nothing there. I knew I'd made it up. I knew I'd seen it in Ghostbusters. I ain't scared of no purple bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she was absolutely terrified. She was adamant that she'd seen it. And it was so no weird. No way. Yeah, so strange. That, and I told how, Jordan how about this the... a few weeks ago and he was like, I'm going to deceive Haz with that. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> I love a bit of guest host deception. <laughs> like, so what? What did she say? She saw. She said she, she saw was... this purple lady in this concrete pipe at the bottom in this field. She didn't say what it was oh, doing, really? but she was. She was convinced that she'd seen it. Absolutely. Convinced. See, that just sounded like straight up pe like a Pennywise thing. When you said like <laughs> concrete pipe, I was like, oh no, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> but we a hundred percent made that up, both of us. And I'd no completely. That's really about cool, it. though. Yeah, it was really weird. There, there's. A, We've got some of the same concrete pipes in the field just behind my house. There's like four There's facing be a each other that we used to play. Be careful of the purple lady. I know. I'm I'm scared to go. Maybe we should go, Jordan. I don't know. You maybe we'll scare them. them off. You eat a lot of pink ladies, don't you? I do. I fucking love pink hey. ladies. Hey. <laughs> Especially if you uh, ventured down that concrete pipe and it came out in Ad's parents' back garden. <laughs> yeah, that would be oh, weird. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Folded universe shit. I'm all about that. Unfortunately, the field's oh, not yes. there anymore, so it'd be, it wouldn't. Would be a shame. It's a Tesco now. now. Yeah. <laughs> it just pops up in a random Tesco. <laughs> Have any of you seen a pink lady? A purple lady, sorry. What's that emerging the from the chuck ices? <laughs> <laughs> Is that grief burrito? <laughs> it must be spooky season. <laughs> it's great to be back and wrapped up in your uh, warm, warm, bready arms again. Tears. Warm, bready arms. It's nice I of know. Jordan to show I up this time. I can't wait for us to meet up. Yeah, thank you very much, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for listeners who didn't know or didn't listen to our last year's Spooky Burrito yep. at this time of Halloween, when we covered The Shining and Stanley Kubrick faking the moon landing. Yeah. Well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, whatever. I, I believe we went to the moon. I'm just saying that <laughs> just before people get mad. Yeah, but Jordan was ill. He'd thrown up like minutes before the podcast, probably into his laptop like the coffee the other day. <laughs> so couldn't join us. <laughs> I was I was genuinely ill. I was so upset because I'd like binge listened to so many of your episodes. I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then I fucking throw up everywhere. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh, well. I'm a sick We'll make boy. up for it today. I just want to say throughout this episode, we'll be referring to a few photos that will be found all in the Discord channel. So a link will be in the show notes and on the Twitter post that goes out live. So if anyone listening wants to follow along, feel free. It's all be in there. So today's story takes place in the Ural mountain range where a pass has come to be known as the Dyatlov Pass, which takes its name from one of the nine bodies that was discovered there in 1959. Nine bodies that had all died in horrifically mysterious ways that still remain a mystery to this day. Whoa. So hell yes. <laughs> so this is the Dyatlov Pass. That sounds exciting. So our story begins with one Igor Dyatlov. He was a 23-year-old student at the Ural Polytechnical Institute, where he, over the years, developed his skills to become a radio engineer. 
Dyatlov was a grade two hiker as well and skier. So he was a clever walkie boy. He was good at what he did. He knew all the surrounding areas going out into the mountains. If you could rank his legs out of three, this man, a two, grade two hiker. After he and his nine companions completed their whole exhibition, uh, expedition, sorry, not exhibition, and made it back, they would all receive their grade three commendation, which was the Soviet Union's highest in hiking certificate. People would gather in the streets when they returned with their children. Look at those people's legs, son. Level three. That's what it's going to be, okay, when they get back. On the morning of January 25th in 1959, Igor Dyatlov, accompanied by his team, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher these names, guys, because they are real fucking hard <laughs> Russian names. Can you do a Russian accent? Uh, we, I can, but I don't know if I can say these names <laughs> in it. I'm, I'll try. So we have Yuri Yudin, Yuri Doroshenko, Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Lyudyomila Dobnanina, Yori Kravashenko. So we've got three Yoris so far. Alexander Kolevatov, Zenadna Kolmaravagova, Rostem Slobodin, which is my favorite one, and <laughs> Nikolai Thibiu Brignoles. That sounds more French to me, that middle name, the Thibiu. And finally, Semyon Zalatoryov, who was 38. All of them were young people in their early 20s other than Semyon, who was 38 and had only joined the group through a mutual friend. And that's a point I want to bring up because it's something I want to talk about later on, that not many people knew this guy. Take it away, J-Man. Our group of intrepid adventurers arrived by train at Ivdel, a small town at the centre of the northern province of Svodolsk... Fuck. <laughs> Svodolsk... I've read this like a thousand times and I just can't get this one right. No, it's hard. S-V-E-R-D-L-O-V-S-K. Svedolsk. Svedolsk. Oblast. In the early hours of January 25th, 1959. Shortly after, the group took a truck into Viznai, a village north, and spent the night eating loaves of bread to fill up with energy for the treacherous days ahead. Sounds great. I'm all for that. Yeah, just eating bread for days. <laughs> just there for bread, yeah. Are you coming on the hike? No, I'm just there for the bread. <laughs> <laughs> just like that one extra guy. Yeah, man. Uh, Gotta do it. I, I really did consider leaving that out. But I was yeah, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> they loaded up on carbs. Like, oh, what yeah. kind of carbs? God fucking damn it. <laughs> it was wheat. Was this wheat baked? <laughs> <laughs> Not again. On the morning of the 27th of January, the group began their journey towards Gora or Teton. However, the next day, Yuri Yudin had to end his journey due to a knee and joint pain, which made it nearly impossible for him to continue the trek. Yuri didn't know this at the time, but his congenital heart defect and rheumatism saved his life. Exactly. I bet he was pretty fucking happy he turned back. So now we are down to nine hikers from ten minus one. So what's cool about this case is that unlike most other hiking related injuries or fatalities, this case was incredibly well documented by the walking team. So there was multiple cameras and diaries found in and around the final campsite and it made it possible to track down the exact route that they used all the way up to the final day of their horrific last day. On the 31st of January, after getting to the Highland area and preparing for the climb ahead, the group stockpiled their excess food and their equipment for use on the journey back down the pass. And then finally, the group made the start to climb the mountain. Any <laughs> questions so far? Okay. No, I think we're following. I mean, okay. I, I, I am a little bit worried the guy with the joint pain had to drop out because he'd eaten too much bread. <laughs> um, Sugar inflames the joints. Exactly. exactly. But no, so far, so <laughs> ominous. I feel like if you have like 
congenital heart defect and like rheumatism, you probably yeah. shouldn't be going on this trip anyway. I yeah, know, this is a 16 well, day hike. Do you think, I know. I just imagine like the induction. <laughs> Anything, <laughs> any medical conditions to declare? No, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> Lay on the ground having a heart attack with broken knees. I'm all right. I'm fine. It's all good. As soon as they get there, day one, just like, you know what? I don't think this is for me, but Yeah, I'm not quite out for this. I really enjoyed the bread, but I don't fancy the walk. <laughs> yeah, he was basically me there. You just went for the bread, didn't he? <laughs> I'm all loaded up on free bread. I'm going home. It appeared the original plan was to cross the pass and set up camp the next night. However, due to the already harsh conditions getting steadily worse, the crew were off course and had deviated west, heading towards the top of Kolat Siakul. Snowstorms decreased their visibility to the point of them having to make a tough choice. Set up camp on the mountain slope or turn back and lose almost a mile of progress to head to a forest that would provide some shelter from the horrendous conditions. A mile? The walking uphill, I guess it's much harder. So you could probably like sled down or something. But it's then getting back up there the next a day mile up. the snow is getting worse. Yeah. It's, it's whether yeah. you, if you go back, is it then become impassable the next day? What would you do? Literally. I wouldn't have done this in the first place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have even gone for the bread. All right. If you're a fit, if you're a fit young thing yeah. in this position, what do you do? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no experience of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard the description of like, if you're a fit young thing, what do you do? <laughs> I'll try and get some free drinks out of it, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yuri Yudin speculated that Dyatlov probably did not want to lose the altitude they had gained, or he decided to practice camping on the mountain slope. Sadly, the final call was made to camp on the mountain slope. Yes, uh, I would just like to point out that the specific mountain they camped on which is called Kolat Siakul. You can translate into English from that name that the, the Mansi indigenous tribes gave it. Uh, Adam and Nick, would you like to guess with your spookiest brain minds what the uh, the mountain name Kolat Siakul means? Kolat Siakul. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, Death Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, it's Dead Mountain. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even get a guess, that's not fair. Well done. <laughs> Sorry, Adam, you're too slow. <laughs> too slow off the bread. Did I tell you I did a degree in Russian? <laughs> Oh, no, sick. I didn't know. <laughs> <Did you actually? laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> wow, I wonder who wins the trivia rounds in your guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, right, that well, was well done. That was, that was a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> this mountain, as we said, is called Dead Mountain. And this was actually the final resting place of all nine members of the intrepid snow climbing crew. And their bodies remained there until a search party found them on the 26th of February. Wow. If you're going on a journey, what do you do? You tell people where you're going. And Igor Dyatlov, being the skilled hiker he was, he said he would send a telegram when they reached the destination on the other end, no later than the 12th of February. So as soon as that letter didn't come, they were aware that something must have gone wrong. The search party didn't actually get sent off right away until their families demanded a rescue operation be sent out by the Institute, which is unusual. You think they'd be straight up like, Nine students have gone sure. missing here. We might want to send someone. <laughs> We've got nine students and one filled with bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Dyatlov actually did say that it could take a few extra days to Yuri. So Yuri let them know that, you know, it can overrun as it sometimes does. But I think it got to about the 20th and the family were like, right, can you actually sort this, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So on the 26th of February, the damaged tent on the Kolat Siakul was found. The campsite apparently baffled the search party, so Mikhail Sharavin 
the student who found the tent said that the tent was torn down and covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. And shoes? So they went, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Walking through the- Yeah. I I thought it was quite funny that he said, uh, <laughs> he was baffled by it. The tent was torn down and it had snow on it. It's like, they're on a mountain. In, in February. <laughs> in Russia. Yeah, there's going to be snow. Wow, I wouldn't have expected this outcome. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. Sorry, John. I've been baffled continue. by the shoes That's more fine. than anything else. Yeah. yeah, no, the shoes are... That's definitely a weird point. How dare they bring shoes? Sure, a yeah. true walker wouldn't even need them. <laughs> I mean, exactly. yeah, but they'd have all been wearing so, tennis rackets, surely. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's a very good point. I'd not even thought about that. Oh, yeah, snowshoes. Maybe that's what he meant. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the snowshoes were left behind. Leave those actual shoes. Normo still. shoes behind. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking filthy casual shoes. Casual <laughs> shoes. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be climbing so, a mountain in his winkle pickers, is he? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> His finest brogues. <laughs> crocs. <laughs> Snow crocs. Got my sheepskin crocs on, but they've still got the holes in. The, for the speed holes. <laughs> <laughs> there were nine sets of footprints leading away from the site heading northeast. The tracks were covered by snow, yet could still be followed back to the forest area the group would have otherwise chosen to use for shelter. So after half a kilometre at the forest edge under a Siberian pine... The investigators found the visible remains of a small campfire, and close by were the remains of Krivoshenko and Doroshenko. And as we said before, they were both shoeless and wearing only their underwear. Oh, intriguing. <laughs> the other strange thing is that branches on the pine tree were broken up to five meters high. Whoa. So this baffled them at first, and it was surmised that someone may have climbed the tree, most likely looking for the camp or for any of the other group who might have become disorientated or lost. I, that wasn't where my mind went first. No, mine Because the way, because as far as I'm aware, like those kind of pine trees, like a lot of the straight up pine trees that you get around here, they don't have branches straight away. Like the branches start taller than you could climb. Yeah. So like, People have said it was the Yeti. People have got all weird about it. I'm not saying it's the Yeti, but it's strange regardless. It's it's probably they. one of them must have helped the other one up there to try and look at least, but there you go. Between the pine and the camp, three more bodies were found. The body of Dyatlov, Kolmorogova, and Slobodin. All three in poses that... <laughs> Jordan laughing at Slobodin. <laughs> what do you do? We slob it in. <laughs> All three in poses that would suggest that they had perished attempting the, to make their way back up to the tent. Uh, they were found at 300 meters, 480 meters, and 630 meters above the tree. So, Ab above the tree, from the tree. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like flying above the slope. Yeah, they were up in the air, all right? I just got a vision of them now, just. Like I said they were found weird. <laughs> like ragdolls in video games. They're still standing yeah, yeah. mid-pace. Like yeah. on their way back. T-posing. T-posing yeah. like games when it goes wrong, just floating in the air. Okay, so that's the five down. The last four travellers. Nice. He, he called it, to be fair. <laughs> did. His math is sound. I can count as well. <laughs> he, can, he can come back with his good math. Quick maths. The last four travellers weren't found for a further two months finally being located on the 4th of May under around three metres of snow in a ravine 75 metres further into the woods from the pine that could have been their shelter. Three of the four were better dressed than everyone else. There were signs of the group 
making the decision to take the clothes off of the first to perish, as Dubanina was wearing Krivoshenko's burnt and torn trousers and her left foot was wrapped in a torn jacket. When you said better dressed, I imagine them all in like three-piece suits. Yeah, <laughs> like tuxedo. you got a nice dress yeah. and heels oh, on. Just like evening a, gown. A tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> I actually wore one of those to a work do once. I, I can imagine that completely. Oh, I didn't want to rent a tuxedo. That like... It's expensive. I'm not going to get that back. However, I still have the t-shirt. I was going to say, you rented rented a tuxedo t-shirt instead. (laughs) (laughs) Can I return this? (laughs) I always think it's gross that when people like rent suits and tuxedos for formal, you know, for dues, like weddings and that, because people get absolutely shit-faced, sweat loads, probably throw up on themselves. I don't want to be wearing that biz. They get cleaned afterwards, get Harrison. You don't want a slobbered in tuxedo, Regardless. Do you? Exactly. You don't, want a, you don't want a tuxedo with slobbered in, in it. I can picture the tuxedo at the place and like, uh, excuse me, there is uh, slobbered in in this. <laughs> can you take him out before I get it back? Please? This is full of slobbered in. He's hung up like the guy on, uh, on Beetlejuice yeah. where he's on the hanger and he's like going round. <laughs> okay. Are we ready to hear about some of the oddities of the case? Absolutely. Very much so. Points of interest. Like we said before, guys, feel free to chime in at any point if you want to be like, holy shit, what the fuck? Okay. okay? Feel free. First point is that all the hikers' items inside the tent were found to be completely orderly. That's in quotes because apparently that is what the word was used, <laughs> meaning that was presumably was not a struggle to get out of the tent. So why would they leave? Right. So they've prepped. That implies they've prepped well for the next stage of the journey. Things okay. were going so th- reasonably to plan, I guess. I guess. Jordan, the next point, please. The tent had been slashed open using a knife from the inside. Ooh. From the inside? Yep. The inside. So that implies surely that one of them went crazy. That was one of my thoughts also, which we'll get to in Act 3. <laughs> okay. The footprints leading away from the camp left shallow indentations, meaning that they were not running away from anything. They were walking at a leisurely pace. You've, you've thrown me there. That's mm. that's weird. But somebody's, it is weird. Somebody's slashed open the tent from the inside and then they've all just walked away. Okay. Very odd, right? Very odd. The footprints were tracked for half a kilometre until the snow finally covered them. So they could see them at the top of the mountain, but not at the bottom. Okay. That's... That's snow, that makes sense. Yeah, that's just how snow works. (laughs) To be fair, I didn't write that bit in, and I was like, why the fuck is this written in here? It's snow. Yeah, I I don't remember writing that either, so I don't know. Oh, that's even spookier. The notes become haunted. (laughs) One of us us doesn't want to admit that we don't know how snow works. (laughs) My money's on Jordan. Oh, what? me too. (laughs) At the edge of the forest, they found both Yoris by a small campfire. They were both naked other than the underwear. However, it was minus 30 Celsius at the time. Whoa, that's cold. Very, very cold. For our freedom measuring units in America, what is minus 30? That's like... That's why you had that written in here somewhere. Yeah, I thought I did. Uh, Minus 22 degrees Fahrenheit. There you go. So minus 30 Celsius and minus... What did you say? 23? 22. I just said it. Fahrenheit. <laughs> I know. I couldn't hear you. You broke up in my earlobes. They get deflections sometimes. And the cedar tree had branches that were broken up to five meters, was the next section, which we said was weird earlier. Two months later, three more of the hikers were found, and they were dressed but missing the boots, hats, and gloves, and all facing the tent. All five had hypothermia. Oh, that's what they died of. Which, that doesn't sound that strange when you say... 
that. However, the next parts might start to sound a little unusual saying that they did die from hypothermia. The last four hikers were found at the bottom of the hill under three meters of snow, 75 meters from the tree in the opposite direction of the tent. Okay. Yeah. Three of them had lethal injuries. Oh, so one we had go. a fractured skull. Yeah, that's two fractured lethal. ribs. All injuries were inflicted while alive, but the force was so strong for that the break it couldn't have been done by a normal person or any person from what we have. Mm-hmm. Reports have it that it was like a car crash, but there was no external damage. Wow. Is it possible they fell out yeah. of the tree? Possibly. I mean, if you fall, oh, I don't know, if you fall from five meters, I don't know if that would be enough to do right. that, particularly because two of them had missing eyes. What? And one of them had a missing tongue and no lips. Yeah, no, a tree's not done that. Eyes and tongue, I can understand. Lips is a bit weird. Losing your lips yeah. is strange. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How can you understand a tongue? <laughs> nah. you, hear, you hear of people getting their tongues ripped out and stuff. Do you? Well, on branches. Not on branches. But by <laughs> I was running through the woods and then suddenly, oh. <laughs> you should have seen his face when he said it. I, I, I find the lips weirder than I find the tongue and the eyes. Maybe that's just me. Maybe someone was hungry. Okay. It's a pretty easy bit Possibly. to... Possibly. You wouldn't start on eyes though, would you? No, I don't think I'd start on eyes. If you're going to eat human, you wouldn't start with the eyes. No. no keep away true. from the head altogether. Yeah, you wouldn't want it. <laughs> Though I suppose it wouldn't be looking at you once you'd done that. True. Stop looking at me. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> Last of the four had a broken nose and a deformed neck, but all of them, again, had died from hypothermia. Now, this is possibly the strangest bit, in my opinion. Stranger than the lips and the tongue and the eyes. Just to make it a little bit weirder, three items of clothing were found later to be abnormally radioactive. What? This just keeps getting piled on, weirder and weirder and weirder. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why we had to do this case. <laughs> That's framed me. It's twist after twist. Yes, it is. Do you want to hear the uh, strange conclusion to this? Yes. So the criminal case ended on the 28th of May. Cryptic conclusion note which was cause of death was an unknown compelling force which the hikers were unable to overcome. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means the Sith and the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Love each other very much. It just sounds... It's so weird. I don't know. Is there anything in there that you guys want to point out? Anything that you want to question? <sighs> I'm just... I'm baffled. The radiation thing's thrown me completely because before that you can kind of think... Maybe somebody went crazy and chopped somebody's lips off. Why are they all in their underwear? I mean, I'm seeing no evidence why they weren't assaulted by a radioactive mountain monster. <laughs> radioactive Yeti, yeah. I was saying. Maybe. <laughs> I'll have to add that to the uh, the ideas later. <laughs> that is, you've, you've baffled me. But then why, what, yeah. as you said, why slash away out of the tent then calmly walk, walk away? away whilst yeah. shedding clothes that are... So if Shedding clothes can be a sign of hypothermia. Yeah. That's definitely something that people do because they feel like yes. they're burning because uh, your nerves start firing and hurting. But, but then your clothes have gone radioactive, so maybe you've taken them off for that reason. Well, it's, it's, more, yeah. it's more the injuries for me because I can, I can envisage, envisage a situation where, you know, we've just said it's minus 30 degrees. You know, mm-hmm. even if you've got all the clothes, <laughs> Still cold. how many clothes do you need to not get hypothermia at minus 30 degrees. Um, yeah, that, that's something I didn't know how fast hypothermia sets in. Sure. 
and but I can kind of envision envision that they well, would. Can you say that I word? don't know. I don't know <laughs> that they would they would suffer from that. But then it's the it's the force of the injuries. Yeah, they they've not fallen yeah. down something. The tree, like you say, is probably not tall enough, and yet they've just been smushed. Yeah, something smushed. Them. Yeah, and buried underneath snow. Yeah, avalanche so, maybe. That that's one thing that we were thinking. Like the the main strange part about it that everyone pulls up on is Dubonina's missing tongue because that was one of the bodies that was buried under the snow. Yeah. So everyone is pretty much like, "What the fuck?" And it it's weird, and I'm not denying that. And my first thought that was it could have been animals. So you know, animals like might eat something. the eyes if they're birds. They might eat the lips and the tongue because it's easy to pull out. I don't know. But they were buried under the snow, so animals wouldn't have been able to get to them. Partially clothed and, and crushed. Sounds like death by snoo snoo to me. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> could, it, could it have been an avalanche that he's been hit in the face with and bitten his tongue off? He could have eaten his own tongue and lip, but it doesn't really explain the eyes. <laughs> there actually is a mention about what they found in her stomach afterwards. Oh. The tongue was not present. Okay. The tongue was missing. And so are the eyes. So she didn't get her eyes hit down her throat either. <laughs> her eyes hit down her throat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like scooped, scooped, you know, you know what I'm saying? Now we have the coroner's report, which has been translated into English, which was really helpful. Uh, <laughs> Nick could have done that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nick could have got that for us. So in regards to the tongue, Jordan, what did it say? The diaphragm of the mouth and the tongue is missing. That's literally it. Oh. No sign of how, no sign of cutting, but... I don't know what it meant by diaphragm. Did it mean like the whole inside of the mouth? I'd imagine the roof, right? Yeah, like the roof of your mouth and like the soft palate at the back. Yeah, I was, I think I was thinking of the palate. I, yeah. I find it interesting. I find the description interesting though, because why would you be deliberately vague as to say missing rather than ripped or cut or... Yeah. Exactly, yeah. A coroner, you know, their their report would usually try and give a little more detail than that to try and say at least at their thought of how they died. Sure. But Magician showed so up and far. was like, I'm going to make this diaphragm disappear. <laughs> and then he did it. And then he was like, oh, it's missing. He's like jotting it down. Where is it? I can't tell you. Just pop missing. Can't Just tell pop you missing. In regards to the eyes, Jordan. Gaping orbits. The eyeballs are absent. He's not yes. got a good attention to detail, this coroner, has he? He's really not. Not, late not really, no. Yeah. It's, oh, this is weird. No eyes, no tongue. bread. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so in, in my mind, I, I, I'm kind of, I can get the eyes because that's one of the first things to go. Yeah. Either by, you know, nature taking its course and you start to um, decompose, although you are frozen under a lot of snow. I was going to say, <laughs> under minus 30 <laughs> conditions. I don't know if they would. They'd no. freeze, wouldn't they? Yeah. None so of the these injuries, bit. none of these injuries killed them. They were killed by hypothermia. Mm. No, a, a lot of people seem to think that these injuries took place before they died, and then just froze which to is death. That's, weird. that makes it even worse it if does, you've yeah. got no tongue, no lips, and no eyes, and you're also freezing to death. So, was any weapon or implement found? Because we obviously know the tent was ripped from the inside out. Um, uh, I actually didn't find any. Anything talking about any knives, uh, nothing like that, no. Which is unusual. You think they would find a knife unless... Well, no, because you, you think they would keep it on them if they were sleeping in the forest. You think you'd want something yeah. to either spark Well, they made a campfire. Or, yeah, so presumably it must have been at the campsite then. 
Well, exactly. That's what I mean. It's it's a pretty useful tool to have in this sort of situation. Is, yeah. so. I'm sure they didn't go without a knife. That'd be weird. You wouldn't think so. The coroner did make one more note about Dubonina's corpse. Would you like to read that for me, Jordan? Soft tissue injuries to the head are post-mortem changes, and then in brackets, putrefaction and decomposition to Dubonina's corpse, which was recently exposed to water prior to detection. So I reckon they were frozen, then unfrozen, and then thawed, and then disintegrated. But that's just me. Yeah, Disintegration so, rays. Hell I yeah. know what you're saying. It's Russia, maybe. Yeah. The spring is starting to melt the snow. That's fine. Why the fuck are they radioactive? <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It says that the four of the bodies were damaged by melting snow, but I don't think melting snow can damage you that much. Well, it's the moisture. What could it do? It's the moisture rotting you away, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. So it, it seems that Dubonina had the worst of it. She was the, the worst case of all the deaths there. Some people think her eyes and tongue were removed, like I said, that she, when she was still alive, but there was no actual proof of this as Definitely the coroner's report casket. was vague. No. Definitely not, no. <laughs> what there is proof of is that there's something strange about what she ingested. Oh so obviously this wasn't present till afterwards because you couldn't really tell this until the coroner had a look. Sure. Uh, he had left a statement about this that said the stomach contained up to a hundred cubic centimeters of a dark red slimy mass. What? I am sorry. Fucking what? <laughs> like that. Presumably it's blood. However, it doesn't say it's blood. A, a mass. It could be. Sounds like something more. Very thing-esque. Visceral. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it, it, yeah, it sounds very John Carpenter's the thing for sure. Like, I, f I feel like a coroner would know what congealed blood is. How much is 100 like cubic go, centimetres? Am I being stupid? Is that a lot of stuff? Uh, I think it's a big tog. 10, ten, <laughs> ten centiliters. <laughs> so wow. it's not loads? What's 25 centiliters? Actually, no, that's centiliters. quite a lot. Is it? Because a litre is a thousand. 100 cubic centimetres. A litre is a thousand <laughs> centiliters. So it'd be 100 uh, centiliters, right? One sec. I'm just going to check it now. One cu hundred cubic centimeters into centiliters. Nick, you should be on this, mate. Come on, <laughs> I know. play the game. I'm leaving it for you guys. Uh, Come on, be fair. <laughs> you guys are hosting. <laughs> cubic yeah. centiliters it, to centimeters. It was noted <laughs> that I think most of them were drunk at the time of the incident as well. Oh, that's a given. They're Russian. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they're, they were drunk. Warm, though, yeah, it's actually it's the worst thing you can do to keep warm yes. because it brings your veins closer to your skin. It does. We've had this on another episode, haven't we, Jordan? We have. Shows who's been listening. Russians wouldn't believe that. It's the sixties. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that'd be a thing that was well known at the time. But then again, they were all walkers. Like they all level two, weren't they? Prepping for level yeah, three. Yeah, they, they, they knew everything. They know yeah. this. Mm -hmm. What is this mass yeah. that she's eaten? Mass uh, just it implies to me more. It's it's not liquidy. It's a bit more got a bit more body to <laughs> it. Yeah. Bit, so. it's it's got more body it, to it. it. Mm, good year. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nineteen fifty nine. I guess it's blood mixed with food mixed with whatever else is in stomach, stomach acid guess, congealing. But... Maybe with the cold. Maybe I don't know if it. Unless she's taken a bite out of whatever's attacked her, and it's radioactive, and that's where maybe. her tongue's gone. Melted I'll it show you yeah. Sasquatch. <laughs> Radioactive. I saw, I saw something on Reddit the other day. Like, if you ever get bitten by a shark, you're probably not going to survive. So bite it back. You won't do anything, but the shark will be like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
Aren't you supposed to like get your fingers in its eyes or something? Jab its little eyes. Yeah, you're supposed to get your thumbs in its eyes and like wiggle them around or something. Quite it, you know, it's like quite well. it on the nose. They yeah. don't like that, do they? Yeah, I, I can't think of sonar, any animal that likes that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's like it's like kick it in the dick. But yeah, no one likes yeah. that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what genus you're oh, from. Guys, I saw a video the other day of a bear rubbing up against a fence. I've seen and that. I know exactly what you're it, it's brilliant. A bit comes off when it swings down and hits it in the nuts and the bear's like, oh God, it like, it like lies down on the ground. It's so funny. It's so funny. Right, Jordan, we should get on to the next section, which is the radioactivity. As I know that Adam and Nick are dying to hear more about that. Definitely. That's what's throwing me at the minute. Three separate items of clothing on two of the bodies were found to be radioactive. So normal is about 150 centimeter square area should not exceed 5,000 DPM, which is disintegrations per minute. And the area around the camp was also noted to be radioactive. So there were three items of clothing, which were the pants, which were 5,000 DPM, jumper one, which was 5,600 DPM, and jumper two, which was 9,900 DPM. That's quite a jump, yeah, that's... It's nearly, nearly double that what the uh, an area of ground should be in any place. But it's also one jumper's nearly double from the other jumper. It is. Very strange how specific that it's <laughs> just a few items of clothing. Now, there were some reports around this. An official statement said, the clothes were contaminated as radioactive dust fell from the atmosphere or the clothes were susceptible to contamination when in contact with radioactive substances. Which that, again, is just vague. It's like me saying, yes, my coffee is radioactive when I pour radioactive stuff in it. <laughs> Stop being vague. I can think of a reason for that, though. Yeah? It's because this is during the Cold War. Yeah, it So is. do you want to tell them why they, their clothes could possibly be radioactive? Yes, they were unable to determine why, but they think... Some said it was natural sources, which I don't think there's anything natural about that, personally. Uh, there were rumours that Alexander Kolevatov had worked at a facility making nuclear materials and that Yuri Kravoshenko had also worked at a top-secret plutonium production facility making materials for nuclear weapons. Now, with it being the Cold War, it makes sense yeah. for them to try and cover that up, saying that it's, it you would. know, it's natural. However, the clothing did belong to these two individuals. So it, it makes yes. sense that they were more radioactive. Okay. Okay. It would. That makes yes. more sense than what was just turning in my head, which was have they stumbled across a, uh, 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 upon a nuclear test site or in the vicinity of. <laughs> exactly. However, if we if you were going to test that, it, that's so... where you test it, wouldn't you? Well, you know, the damage to the trees, the damage to them. But yeah. again, it's a bit too specific. It is. And. That doesn't explain why the whole area was radioactive. It explains why their clothing might have been. However, you wouldn't think you would be wearing the same clothes that you wore working at a top secret nuclear base. Surely you would be aware of the risks of having nuclear material on you. Yeah, you'd and you wouldn't keep it on you all the time. Hey man, it was the 50s. Health and safety them. regs. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they said the cigarettes were healthy back then, didn't they? <laughs> You also, you wouldn't go on a hike in the same clothes that you wear to work, surely. Exactly. I mean... Do you not wear a snowsuit to work? <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, in Siberia you do, I guess. <laughs> Maybe those two guys were just so radioactive. It doesn't matter what clothes they wear. <laughs> Maybe. They're just so damn hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that healthy green tinge. Yuri, you're so radiant today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> UFOs. Alien greys. <laughs> 
had to catch you off guard with that one because that <laughs> is the reason that a lot of people come here to listen to the spookies. Many people in the area did claim to see strange orbs of light hovering around the night sky around the time of the incident. So that was something I definitely wanted to bring up. Uh, this does include three soldiers from the area and two other hiking groups who also saw these lights. And two different indigenous tribes of the Mansi, which were the tribes who call it the Dead Mountain, they claim to have spotted lights over the Dead Mountain on many occasions, and so have many local geologists in the area who were interested in the precious metals and mineral deposits in the area. In that central mountain range, I've made a note of some of the stuff you can find, chalcopyrite, nickel oxide, gold, platinum, chromite, magnetite ore, as well as coal, bauxite, talc, fireclay, and abrasives. So there's quite a lot you can find there. Mm. There is one of the photos as well. So are, are they in the Discord, Jordan? They the are, yeah. Link to the photos, yeah. So guys, if you want to go into the, the actual show uh, episode notes and images section of the Discord, listeners, feel free to do this as well. And if you click the 33 eerie photos left behind from the incident, it's very haunting going through these, knowing that all of these people died. It really is. They're not as wrapped up as I was expecting them to be. They're, and you can see that they're, they're young yeah. kids pretty much, aren't they? They've just got a coat on. They're, they're all like my age or younger, like just younger. Ah, there is a picture of Dyatlov climbing a tree, a tree with no branches. They've got skis you guys well. here? Yeah, 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 yeah sorry. Yeah. sorry. I'm just looking yeah. at the pictures. He says they're all engrossed. <laughs> I just, the picture of him tying his snowshoes. Yeah, they're skis. <laughs> Image 33 is apparently a Yeti. I'd just like to bring that up. Uh, annoyingly, it doesn't have the image that I wanted Sorry, to show you on there. Weirdly, the image that I wanted to talk about isn't on there. there. There's a photo that I'd seen from it that has, it's like these blurry lights in the center and there's a light trail in the sky that like makes almost a 90 degree turn, which was quite unusual. And usually that's like when you keep the lens open for a while and something's moving in the dark. People were saying it was aliens, someone saying it could be a rocket trail, maybe debris falling back to earth from a missile, maybe a nuke. But the thing is, if something crashed nearby and killed the hikers, then surely there would have been some form of debris at least. Either that or it was recovered. I've put the picture in that Harrison's talking about. Oh, amazing. Thanks, Jordan. That's the one, yeah. So you can't really see that much of it, but it's the, the big light trail on the bottom right that's really obviously clear. Yeah. So they're, they're obviously focusing on something far away with the foreground being that out of focus. Yeah. Again, it's the Cold War and in the middle of the space race and in the middle of nowhere exactly. and there's no yeah. light pollution. I mean, so it could have been anything. It's the perfect that's place to test missiles, plane. isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's, it's something in the air. It has to be. Like, I'm pretty confident saying that. Yeah. Like, I've watched satellites, you know, I've done all that. You can, it looks like that. So if something exploded and crashed, maybe it came down, but there'd be footprints or signs of a removal crew, you know? They'd, they'd, you would notice something yeah, like that, would, surely. it would disturb the snow or the trees, at least. Exactly. Yeah, the trees would be knocked down. Further to the, I'm not sure whether it would be west or east, but because they come at it from one angle, yeah. surely the rescue team would have only come from the same angle. So they wouldn't have gone further over the mountain once all the bodies had been found. Yeah, maybe. So, because so, if, if you, it, where they are, the Dyatlov Pass runs north to south down the Oral Mountain Range, and that mountain range sort of cuts off Siberia from the west, western side of Russia. So, from the Oral Mountains, everything to the east is pretty much Siberia, and everything to the west is just Russia. 
So maybe they came from the Siberia side. Maybe they did that. Maybe. If they did, that's the yeah, thing. If it even happened at all. It's so strange. Exactly. So I think we should get into our conclusions where we can start talking about the different points and maybe try and figure out what might have happened. Okay. So before we reach our conclusion, let's fire through some of the info on what possibly could have happened. Like Adam said before, and like what was my first thought was perhaps they turned on each other. Yeah, but that does that leaves quite a lot of questions still open though, doesn't it? So... I, I mean, I, I think that's completely viable. But again, the, th the thing that puts me off is the sheer force of the injuries. Yeah. How does exactly. how does one person do that to another person? Yeah. I don't think they could. That's the strange thing. Exactly. I mean, so what's made them panic and leave? What made them panic and get out of the tent, like Jordan said? Like, yeah. You wouldn't Something's just leave caused Siberia. them to tear their tent open from the inside and yeah. slowly walk away. Like my mind was that it was the the older guy that none of them knew properly. Maybe he was the one who pulled the knife, and he was a bit of a hiking psycho, you know? Because it's obviously there was a knife psycho. present. A hiker, a hiking psycho, like the hash slinging slasher from SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> the mash pinging, dash pinging. Well, uh, <laughs> you you could be onto something there. I mean, we don't know really anything about this guy. What was his motive? Where did he come from? Why is he joining this exactly. group? And he was yeah. He, apparently, it was just through a mutual friend. That's what they always say. <laughs> so there was actually a stove that I think Dyatlov had custom made himself. Okay. Uh, inside of the tent. And there were some burns on the clothing. And were. some of the people were, I believe, the red mass in the stomach. If it was smoke inhalation, people could have been coughing up blood, which is a yeah. sign of that. It's like, shit, it you've is. set the tent on fire, let's get out. And that's why they... If it was filling the with smoke, up. yeah. Yeah, that's what one of the notes, yeah, that we'd read from someone else who's looking at the case. They thought maybe the embers, when they were breaking down the stove for the night, maybe they were still lit and filled the tent with smoke. So they cut, you know, holes in it to get the smoke out. But maybe if it didn't clear fast enough, that they just entirely cut the thing open. But you'd, you'd think that you wouldn't do that. you think you'd just get out of the tent. And there'd be more of a struggle as well. You wouldn't just calmly walk away. You'd be... There'd be loads of footprints like running around like crazy. It seems like a rookie yeah, mistake for so. level two <laughs> yeah. hikers and Yeah, there's that as well. Campers. Exactly. I mean, they were drunk. They had been drinking. And I know that does obviously sway your judgment, but you wouldn't think that much. Now, the, the next point is the avalanche. So some people think there will have been an avalanche because, as we said, they were buried under three meters of snow. And that would explain the burial. Yeah. It, it may explain the impact of the broken ribs, However, there was no outbound force from the injuries, which is odd. Do you think there would at least be bruising or cuts if something hit you? I know snow is soft, yeah. so that may... It's not only snow and an maybe, avalanche, though, is yeah. it? You've got trees coming at you, you've got rocks coming at you. It's rocks in there, ice from the bottom layer. Unless the impact was the top layer of snow and the only thing that broke their ribs and everything was when they hit the ground below and the weight of everything on top of them crushed them. Maybe. It would explain the be trees idea. being broke with branches from five meters as well, I guess. Uh, that wasn't those bodies. That was oh, the other okay. bodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every answer doesn't really <laughs> clear doesn't, up the other answers. The, you would, If there had been an avalanche, there would be debris. You'd be able to tell. There'd be trees knocked down. There'd be all sorts of shit going down, you would think. Yeah. How did they find the bodies three meters down? It, it, yeah, that's, that's another great one of my question. question. I don't know. Maybe they found signs of something. Three meters is a long way. The signs of the avalanche helped them find the bodies. Yeah, you're right. Three meters is a long way down to dig. It is. If you don't know where you're digging. Yeah. After two months as well, there'd be lots more settled snow on top. 
Yeah, but that doesn't explain the radioactivity. No, <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, and it does not explain the missing eyes, tongue, or ingested red slime. No, it really doesn't. Because snow ain't going to rip your eyes out. No. You, you could ask it to, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I, I could, don't know yeah. how violent snow is. I mean, I've been hitting the eyes with a snowball. I mean, it does fucking hurt. Punch me on the nose and rip my eyes out. out. <laughs> <laughs> that snow guy's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> it might cause you to bite your tongue off. If you like. Maybe. But the tongue would be in your mouth. It then. was missing. Yeah, but if you... Well, if, and that doesn't... And the diaphragm of the mouth was gone, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know this what a diaphragm is, of my this mouth is. This is what I was saying, though. The coroner would surely be able to say, "You, it looks like she bit her tongue off." Yeah, yeah, because well, they be did marks, say yeah. that it was the decomposition, so exposed to water and stuff melting. Maybe, I, maybe Perhaps. I don't know. Perhaps uh, the next thing is a Russian missile test, like we said with that photograph. So that could explain the internal injuries from like a concussive blast. Perhaps, yeah. It would explain the radiation as well, I guess. But why would that knock your eyes out your bonds? Wouldn't no, it? Could, it, I mean, wouldn't. it could burn them out. That is a good sentence. I don't know. I, I'm totally spitballing here. It's, <laughs> it is, it's like a, a partly you, someone who's started to become sick from radiation poisoning and then just... Happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe. Maybe. Your, yeah. eyes, it, your eyes bleed out, all that sort of thing. Radiation Horrible sickness, stuff. Then somebody set off a missile and then there was an avalanche. <laughs> Yeah, because it's just like missile. loads of strange encounters all at once and then that's, the tree decides to beat the shit out of a guy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still doesn't explain why they cut the tent open and walked away from it no it doesn't it doesn't at all and Yuri the guy who left and survived early on he uh, actually went back to help afterwards and to help identify some of the bodies and there were some items at the scene that confused him. Oh. One was a cloth, okay. a very confusing cloth, <laughs> that he said looked like it could have been military in origin. There were skis and glasses which were found that he had said that did not to belong to any of the survivors. And Yori seems to think that perhaps the military had gotten to the bodies first. Maybe. But then why would they have left their skis and glasses? Exactly. Yeti. Well, the military Yeti. were called in to help with the the uh, the effort of finding the finding the lost people. I think they ended up drafting helicopters and planes as well to get to yeah. help them. So, I guess maybe the military found them first. Maybe if they stumbled upon something they weren't meant to, they yeah, were just maybe. like, right, let's get this shit gone, and then just throw some stuff about. Let's get Gonski, as they say in Russian. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, Jesus. Nick. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> or that the military knew exactly where to look. Yeah. yeah. Because they were aware exactly. of some activity. Exactly. Paranormal activity, you might say. <laughs> one might say that. <laughs> one, one, one might. <laughs> one did. <laughs> the last thing is aliens, obviously. Obviously, it's always We've aliens. We've got to talk about that. It's, it's always aliens, except for when it's not. Which is always. Which is always. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you there, so he has. <laughs> he has, he stumped me, he stumped my argument. So the reports of the spheres in the sky around the area were obviously a prominent thing that were documented. Uh, Lev Ivanov, who was the lead investigator, made a statement afterwards. He said, I suspected at the time, and I'm almost sure now, that those bright flying spheres had direct connection to the group's death. He was then demanded by Soviet officials to close the case effective immediately, mm. which is very unusual. So this 
could explain the radiation, which we'll see in the Travis Walton case, so prepare for that alien-covered lumberjacky doozy, because we will get to that case soon. It could explain the internal trauma from death rays. Aliens might do that, you know? This is all speculation we'd like to point out. We are aware that, <laughs> you know, we've covered some serious stuff about deaths. We don't want to yeah. take the piss out of those people. This is speculation, but we like to have fun on this podcast. I need you all to Google something for me. So get your Google devices ready. Listeners, feel free to do this as well, unless you're in the Discord group, which is where I will post this as well. Oh, you're doing it this time, are you? Not surprising me. I am. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so I want you to search, or wait for me to post this, cattle mutilations. That is there anything known... else you want to add to that? Because that seems like it's going to add some grim shit. <laughs> it does. Go to the A fair warning that you may see some dead animals here. <laughs> may? This That's cool. You will. I mean, I'm expecting to, given the title. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of strange things in here. Whoa. All of these animals are missing three things. Their lips, their eyes, and their tongues. Just like Dubonina. Now we know the aliens are all about lips. We covered that in our Men in Black episode. <laughs> what do you the mean he's gone to talk to the doctor? He hasn't got his lips yet. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Get him back! I can't! He's already gone! <laughs> you know this! We know this! Jordan knows this! Shit! He's forgotten his lips! We all know that happened. At the window. Yes, yeah, looking in. You forgot your lips! And there are some other things that made me think about this, and it's mainly the precious metal ore in the mountains. There, There is a whole thing about aliens wanting gold to help preserve their atmosphere or something like that, written into the ancient Sumerian texts, which I'm sure also we'll get to about the Anunnaki at some point. And I'm also noting that there are no pumpkin patches nearby to keep the aliens away. <laughs> you know, there's no aliens on Pumpkin Mountain, only on Death Mountain. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So my main question is, if they all died in these horrific ways... Why on all of these documents was it only stated that they died from hypothermia? Like, I just find that absolutely baffling. There is, there must be other things that killed them. Sure. I mean, we, we, we've said, you know, it looks like a lot of these, if not all of these injuries were caused pre-death. Yeah. That's what they said. So, yeah. You know, ultimately, yes, the cause of death might have been hypothermia, but that's because they were in, in the upper, halfway up a mountain in February. Yeah. Without, Without eyes. eyes or lips. And lips. We all know the warming qualities of eyes and lips. Exactly. <laughs> You've baffled me. I'm, call, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of strange stuff. Jordan, I believe you have one more theory. I do. Jordan I solved one it. Word like I can see in his eyes, he solved it. Why is that weird? I've word? got it. <laughs> I've got it, mate. I've 100% got this, right? Fucking... Goblins. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'm not talking about your video game loot goblins or the ones that hang around with well-endowed rock stars talking about babes or whatever the shit that is. Yeah. I'm talking about feral rancher-salting goblins. Oh. We yeah. Those. We spoke about those before. Shout out to Alex Austin and the Ronin Geek. Most interesting part to me about this was that they said that no person could have inflicted the in injuries. No mention of fucking goblins, though, was there? No, no <laughs> mention <true>. of that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> they didn't say it wasn't goblins, so it might have been. And we all know that goblins enjoy terrifying people in farmhouses, but we can't rule out the possibility that they've been awoken by a group that stumbled upon their lair. 
How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds great to me. Awaken goblins! It's like goblin, goblin Christmas has come at once. We've got <laughs> yes. nine people to terrorise. I feel awful making these jokes. But here we go. <laughs> so with most of Russia being uninhabitable, much like the bottom of the ocean, there could actually be plenty of life forms within caves or underneath the snow. Fair. A lot of that is completely uninhabitable, so possibly. Yep. And one little bonus piece of information about this bit of trivia... Uh, did you know there's actually a game based loosely on the events of this called Colat that oh. is narrated by none other than Sean Bean. Sean Bean! <laughs> the famous Russian. I haven't Russian. played it. However, it had better have fucking goblins in it. <laughs> He's so angry. The only narrates the first level, Bastards. These bastard goblins. You goblin bastards. <laughs> he only narrates the first level, then he leaves. Yeah, then he dies. <laughs> Gets killed by goblins. <laughs> It's like, why is the death count in this game say 10? It's like Sean Bean's in it. Oh, okay. So what's our verdict, guys? What do we think? Of all of these things, do you think it's aliens? Do you think it's gob-gobs? Soviet missiles? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, a mystery unsolved for me. I have no idea. Nothing answers every question. None no. of those theories answer every question. Even goblins. Not even aliens? No. Thanks are for you? specifying not even goblins. Thank you. <laughs> These are all strange. Goblins? Fuck that. <laughs> I don't want to say this, but Alien seems the most plausible. Exactly. Still... That's why it's like, this shouldn't make sense. I, don't, I, I think I'm leaning towards, oh, I'll, I'll be the sensible one of the two of us for once. <laughs> I'm leaning towards the military just fucking around with these guys. Yeah. Just reckon. Yeah. Just being bastards. They're... <laughs> Wrong place, wrong time. Tent fire. I'm, I'm going to be the more sensible. <laughs> go for the tent fire. I think the tent fire, you know, people had the burns. There was the burnt jacket. There was putting the tent open for getting the smoke out. Everyone was drunk. They just made poor decisions. I would like to say that I agree with that first statement. However, when they had left their tent, aliens up above were like... <laughs> Look what we got here, lads. Some wandering peeps out in the snow. We've got ourselves some lips down there. Get me that eyeball scoop. You know what we're doing. They're like, these fuckers can't even camp. We're, we're quids in yeah. here. <laughs> if they've got a tent open in minus 30 degrees, they're going to die anyway. We might as well. Yeah, so help them. Well, hey, Gribnob, what are you doing with that three metres snow? <laughs> Gribnob. I, I don't fucking know. Also, rest oh. in peace to the deceased. I just want to say yeah, that. 100%. Like genuinely, it is a yeah. horrible situation. Yeah. I can't imagine what that must have been like. Only Cold, those guys I will imagine. truly know what happened. Yeah, I think the truth kind of dies with them. There's there's a lot of strangeness about it. I want to I, I want to know more about the radiation. I feel like anything at that point to do with Soviet Russia is so covered up in red tape that exactly. you will never get to the bottom of it. Look at like Chernobyl and stuff. Like there is no graphite on the roof. You haven't seen it. Well, I might have fucking have because my head's melting. You know, <laughs> are we definitely ruling out the Yeti? I don't want to, but how? Do you, that must have been a big tent if a Yeti got in there and they had to rip out. Or maybe you just held the door shut so they had to rip out. <laughs> just, just like gripping. <laughs> You're zip. not coming out. <laughs> it just sounds like an, he's not even like actually that mean. He was just playing a joke and it got out of hand. He wanted <laughs> yeah. to play hide and seek. He sees these. <laughs> he sees these people wandering down the slope and die, and he's like, "Oh fuck! <laughs> Why did I have to pretend the zip was broken?" <laughs> he runs home to his yeti wife, and she's like, "How was your walk, honey?" He's like, "Nothing happened. Nothing happened." <laughs> went to bed. He was he was playing yeti knock a door run, and it all went wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just where you go up to the zip, and you're like, "Wee wee wee wee!" Just run up the zip and. <laughs> 
I want to change my answer to Yeti. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's okay. Me too. That's it. We'll say it's Yeti. We'll we'll pin it on the Yeti. Radioactive Yeti. He's listening. Like, oh shit. So what did you make of the Diatlov Pass, guys? Did you like that story? Fascinating. Yeah, really interesting. Absolutely it fascinating. Is very, very fascinating. I, th- I think... A- I think I was just going to say, I think the fact that it's in Russia, like you say, adds to it as well, because it is such a sort of mysterious time period and everything that was going on in the sort of 50s, 60s and so secretive. It just sort of adds another layer to it, I think. Yeah, definitely. It does. It really does. A goblin layer, you could say. Yeah, goblin layer. (laughs) One might say that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds prime for a movie adaptation. It does, yeah, it does. I think there is. I, I just there is. Is a movie. there? Let's have a quick look. There, there is a movie about this. There is, yeah, the goblin thing that Alex mentioned last year called Hellier. That's now actually on Amazon Prime. All so right. feel free to check that out, guys. Uh, the movie's called Devil's Pass. There you go. And it came out in 2013. Anybody famous in it? Oh, all right. Give me a what is this, bottom of the stream? <laughs> so we're just going to do an episode got, of ours now. So. It's, got, it's got a 5.7 on IMDb. Oh, that's just about our, t- our, our wheelhouse. You better watch it's it, guys. It's got Holly Gross. I'm not sure if I'm reading the... Because I don't recognise any of these. I don't know if I'm reading the character's name or their name. <laughs> Fair if that is. I'll give you a one-word review. Goblin. Go <laughs> Goblin. <laughs> I'm intrigued about the game as well that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we might check that out. See if we can find it. anything with Sean Bean in. I'm, I'm ready to play. <laughs> so we should probably end it there, as that is the story of the Diatlov Pass. We can't keep going on and making up stories about goblins anymore, can we, John? <laughs> I mean, we could if you want, but we could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who has listened to the first of the Spooky Burritos for this month. We will be continuing this episode on over on our bonus chat, which will go up onto patreon.com forward slash grief burrito. However, we were thinking that we were going to post these episodes to our normal feed as well for the Halloween spooky bonus. Why not? Why not? Where we're going to be discussing a little more about the case and maybe talk about some of the games we've been playing recently. And also a huge thank you to Adam and Nick for coming all the way from bottom of the stream through the dark forest. As we know, it's quite a journey. No worries. Thanks for having us. It's an absolute pleasure. Anytime. Always good to have you guys on. As we said, we're huge fans of the show. Everyone knows that we all love each other in our little pod nation podverse. 100%. It's a lovely place to be. It is. Especially you and Stu, apparently. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we broke up, you know. I'm still sore about that. Oh, dear. <laughs> Touchy subject. You were sore before you broke up, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I know, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> we, I thought in the next episode as well, we've also got a video from Adam to have a watch through. So make sure to tune into the next episode. And we also have some listener spooky stories to read through as well, which we will be adding our signature brand of spooky music and sound effects to. Exciting. So we'll do that over there. Uh, Guys, can you tell the listeners where they can find you in case this is the first time hearing your lovely voices? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BOTS underscore podcast, or you can search pretty much any podcast app for bottom of the stream and you will find us. And we're just about to start season four. No, we've just started season four. That'll be out by now. So uh, Amazing. Check it out. We're, we're doing iBoy this week. We have, yeah. iBoy? iBoy. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. This is the one about the iPhone. It's oh, a guy who gets, a, he gets shot and his phone gets pushed into his brain. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I have heard about this. I am very excited <laughs> for that one. I will make sure to watch it ready. That will be out um, there now <laughs> as we speak. So check it out. Brilliant. In the time travel. <laughs> Jordan, please tell the spooky chews, spooky chews, spooky peeps where they can find us. The, the, sorry, the spooky what? Spooky chews. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to say it. Apparently my mind just went weird. We are Grief Burrito and you can find us literally everywhere. YouTube, Twitter, 
Instagram, Podbean, everywhere. Yep. Literally. Literally everywhere. <laughs> and if you want to get a spooky story into us to read through, you can send us that on any of the DMs on the social medias at Grief Burrito or at griefburrito at gmail.com. I've been Harrison. He's been Jordan. He's been Adam. He's been Nick. I'll send it there. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye.